Welcome to the Yellow Jackets Hive. I am Media Melanie here with. And I'm Emily. And today we are here to do our full episode recap on Yellow Jackets episode 206, Key. It is spelled Q U I and it means who in French. Uh, Emily, why don't we get started with you reading the episode description? Okay. Trapped inside on a snow day, the Yellow Jackets revisit the highlights, humiliations, and traumas of health class. Thaisa and Vanessa help each other kindly rewind. Misty explores joining a classic cosmic American tribute band. Lisa helps Natalie carp the day. And Shauna gets a pop quiz on her cookie reading assignment. This one really happened to someone that a friend's girlfriend's second cousin knew. I swear. Yes. Do you think that last line is like referencing like Mari when she's when she says that like she dated her second cousin or whatever? Do you remember that? I do. And it definitely could be. Um, I like how their episode descriptions have become a little bit like edgier, a little funnier um, as the season has gone on. So they've been very clever and you yeah. know, not surprising from Yellow Jackets. But, uh, you know, we had our Hive After Dark last night where we kind of shared our initial reactions to the episode. Like I said, I did not rewatch this one. I typically rewatch, but it was not one that I was mentally in a spot to uh, watch again. So yeah. I feel like there's, there are some other people in that boat. Um, you know, we, we got one of the biggest questions answered on yellow jackets in episode 206. And of course that's what happened to wilderness baby. And Mm -hmm. now we know wilderness baby did not make it. Although there was a very lengthy hallucination in this episode that made some of the viewers think that the baby did in fact make it. So the ending hit a, a little bit harder, um, So, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the scene. We talked about uh, the director uh, last night a little bit who had also directed some Handmaid's Tale and has had experience with scenes like that. So I think that, you know, they nailed it. The entire teen timeline cast. I wanted that whole episode to be the wilderness timeline. Like I loved seeing the adults back together again. But I really, you know, as hard as it was to watch, I was like all in on the wilderness about that director, like, I was just thinking about, you said it's the episode where June gives birth, right? And she's all alone, like, when she gives birth, and she has, like, no medical care, no help. So, like, it is kind of similar in that aspect. Like, they were both giving birth out in the middle of nowhere with no help. I mean, granted, Shauna had people around her, but they didn't really have any idea what they were doing. So No, they didn't. And uh, Liz Garbus was, of course, the director's name in this episode. And just, you know, major props to her and the entire yeah. cast for really rallying around Sophie Nelise for these very difficult scenes, which hopefully she will earn an Emmy for. Yeah. Um, and before we dive right in, let's just say to hi, some, hi to some of our friends in the comments. We've got Lisa Matthews here. Drew, thank you for being here. Uh, Nikisha, hello, everyone. Happy to catch you live. I'm usually sleeping Sunday nights. Well, hey, we are so happy you're here to join us. Same with Vine. Vine, Vine, always nice to have you. And, um, you know, as Lisa just said, at least in Handmaid's Tale, the women were taught what to do. Really good point, right? So they knew what they were doing. But these girls, all they're going off of is the experience from Coach Ben teaching them in high school health class, which, I mean, you know, 
they watched a video, but a video just doesn't quite adequately cover, you know, the whole close. Yeah. The whole birth situation. So, um, so yes, just some interesting observations before we get into the straight up recap. Of course, we did see that pre-crash flashback to health class. We saw a little bit more on Jeff and Shauna, which is kind Mm -hmm. of interesting. Um, Of course, we saw Ben hallucinating more of Paul. And I think those hallucinations are going to be ending soon because Francois Arnaud had signed on for four episodes. And I believe the next one will be the fourth one that we've seen Paul. So, um, you know, in the preview for the next episode, it looks like coach is at shit cliff. So is he going off the cliff? I don't know. It They're making it look like it. Clean shaven too. Like he has no beard, which I thought was interesting. And it made me think like, why is he going to that cliff? Like, because obviously I'm assuming he doesn't ever get stuck on poop duty since he only has one leg. So what reason does he have to go there? Unless maybe he put the pieces together in regards to Crystal and Misty and like wanted to check it out and see if he was right. That could definitely be. And of course we will find out next week, hopefully. Um, other things that happened in the adult timeline, Van made multiple cult references in this episode. So that was kind of funny. Of course, her reaction, you know, to Lottie was also quite astounding. And then um, the Sudeckis and getting questioned at the police. So there were a lot of things that did happen in this episode. And um, as always, we are going to start by recapping the 96 teen timeline. And the episode started with, as we mentioned, the pre crash flashback to some of the girls in health class um we see misty ty van shauna jeff and randy and then Mm -hmm. what happens with the note passing emily walk us through that situation so jeff passes a note to shauna and the note said shauna i can't stop thinking about how you nailed that tutoring session earlier you should teach me again sometime and in the background like after she reads the note you can hear somebody whisper to another classmate, like, why did Jeff pass Shauna a note? So she thinks quickly on her part and walks back over to Jeff and hands him the note and says, poppies, Jeff, Jackie likes poppies to kind of like get rid of that suspicion as to why he's writing her a note. So, and like I said last night, like that made me think that, whatever's happening between them has been going on for like quite some time. It definitely seems that way. And as Lisa said in the comments, that note definitely gives me vibes. They'd been hooking up for a while. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, Drew mentioned Misty. How much blood is there on average? (laughs) I think that was pretty funny. And um, we learned that, you know, Shauna's situation, while not average, did indeed have a lot of blood. And we know how that worked out. So, um, you know, very unfortunate. But I enjoyed seeing more into their lives of normal teenagers in in high school health class. I think that was nice. And I would love to see more of that as we go. So I... I did enjoy that. And I also, I think poppies are an interesting flower of choice. Like I see her more as like, I don't know, like a Gerber Daisy girl or I don't know, like traditional roses or something. But, um, but yeah. Very many people that like poppies. Very interesting. And I wonder if that's symbolic in some way. Someone mentioned last night on the hive after dark that there was like some vignette or some poppies in Shauna's house and some of them were dead or something. So maybe that was like symbolic. I think there was a painting painting. of flowers. Okay. And And there was one of the flowers was dead. 
Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Well, interesting flower of choice nonetheless. But yeah. um, we start seeing the cabin. Uh, we see Shauna get into bed and preparing to deliver the baby. Shauna's like, hey, get this out of me already. Mm-hmm. And everyone really like turns to Misty for help. And, um, you know, Misty's not in it. She's in a bad mindset. She's still yeah. getting over Crystal's death. And this is a lot for a person to handle, uh, even if she is the OBGYN on call or whatever. Um, it's, you know, it's a very real situation. And, you know, poor Misty. Um, and, like, why do they, like, give her that role? Like, is it because she, like, steps up after the plane crash and, like, takes charge and is, like, telling everyone what to do in regards to helping each other? Like, like why why put it all on misty like that's just that's just odd right and hey back to the poppies really quick vine said google says poppies mean remembrance and hope for a peaceful future so okay interesting per that symbolism yeah um Okay, so Sean is in labor. Nat asks if they should be timing the contractions, and Jen asks if they should time in between. So they're they're trying to like make it work, but it's becoming very clear these contractions are very close together. Yeah. Uh, Lottie approaches the group and tells everyone to join hands, and they can share their hopes with each other. Um, wilderness. I hope Shauna doesn't die, Mari. Like Cabin Karen added again. I mean, she's just that was always like the worst thing to say too. Like she's. Shauna's already terrified about the fact that she's in labor and I'm sure that thought may have crossed her mind too like could I die so way to go Mari like saying like the least reassuring thing in the middle of like one of the biggest moments of someone's life. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Vine said, you know, maybe they remembered that Misty was paying a lot of attention during health class, and that's why mm-hmm. Misty got assigned to that role. And that definitely could be. Um, and yeah. as Lisa said, come on, Mari, she's the worst. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Mari doing Mari things. Totally Mari. We need we need to get her on the podcast. We need to work on that. Yeah. We need to talk to our cabin Karen. And Todd even asked her, like, why the fuck would you say that? Like, why like if that was just like so wrong on all levels right and and then we have lottie trying to uh console shauna shauna wants nothing to do with it and ty tells lottie that shauna needs some space um and then you know we hear what's happening something feels weird shauna is saying and then that's when misty really starts to panic she sees blood on her hands and she tells the group that she can't do this um of course they were very heavily relying on her but you know she has to back off she's having like a a panic attack or yeah or just when she has that like she also says that like her and crystal were supposed to do this together like help Shauna together. So I think like Misty didn't think that she would be alone in this. And now she obviously feels very much alone because her only friend died. Didn't she say that they had a song planned for it too? Like, did she say something like that? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, definitely. Um, So Nat ends up grabbing coach Ben and tells him that he needs to step in and help Shauna. He sees the blood and immediately starts to panic. And he says, I just pressed play on a video. (laughs) Like, absolutely no help whatsoever. I mean, he is the only adult there. You would expect him to be, like, a little little bit more helpful. Um, A lot of people are now saying that they're, like, kind of tired of Coach, like, and they don't think that he's stepping up the way that he should be. And it's really bothering a lot of people. 
right as alex just said in the comments ben kind of pissed me off to be honest and i mean you know what like he didn't even try i mean he really he really did not even try um and oh lisa is saying you know per the song that we just mentioned could you imagine if the song is the one in the preview for next week which is lightning crashes by live um that would be pretty funny and such an odd choice of song for a birth but hey like it's mfq so we never know you know, we never know what's really going on. Um, so then all of a sudden, like Travis, out of nowhere, removes one of the deer or elk skulls from the wall. And Lottie says we need offerings. Travis, spill the blood. So Travis slices the palm of his hand. It drips onto the animal skull. Lottie places a piece of hair um, on it. And some of the girls place a few other objects of offerings. Um, yeah. it, it seems like the purpose was to sacrifice to save Shauna, her baby, maybe both of them. Yeah. Um, and again, this is like a real buy-in from Travis. Like, yeah. I mean, for somebody that Nat, you know, said before, wasn't into Lottie's woo-woo stuff. Like, he certainly seems very much into it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Van puts a button on the skull and then... There's one other person that puts an object that, like, I couldn't figure out exactly what it was that they put on it. So there were multiple things. And the hair, I thought, was really interesting that Lottie placed that because when we see the antler queen, you see her, like, adorned with locks of hair, like, all over the outfit. So that made me think, like, obviously, like, Lottie's the antler queen. Right. And, you know, of course, Lottie says the wilderness recognizes your sacrifice. And so do I, as if she's like, as if she is the antler queen or the shaman or, you know, in charge out there. And of course, there's been a lot of speculation about the antler queen. Is it one person? Is it in all of them as has been kind of referenced in interviews and, you know, um, whatnot. So, again, it'll be interesting to see if it is indeed one of them or if it is in all of them and it's more like a figurative, um, figurative situation. So yes, but this was definitely a foray into what's Alex just said. She's the wilderness's mouthpiece. Oh, I like that. That could be like, she's a, she's like the medium to communicate all these spirits. That's, or all these messages from the darkness or whatever the force is out there. That yeah. is really interesting. And, you yeah. know, as uh, Nara Sousa pointed out, Travis was fully in this cult. And that's something that we've kind of talked about too, thinking yeah. that, you know, maybe he was a part of it. Um, and that's why Lottie had access to his bank information. Um, and again, like we don't, fully believe Lottie's story about Travis's death. Like there's something that just does not add up there. Um, I hope if like that isn't the true story that like they revisit it and like we see what really happens because I want to know. I want to know what really happened. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of unreliable narrators going on here throughout the entire show. Not only unreliable narrators in both timelines, but also hallucinations, which, you know, the the creators had said there's going to be a lot in this season that is not based in reality. And we've seen a lot of the hallucinations. We had almost an entire episode of it thinking that the baby was alive. We've seen a lot of Ben hallucinating, of course, Lottie going down into the underground mall below the ghost plane. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the rabies girl thing, that was a hallucination. So... Um, a lot of what we saw in the trailers have, has been hallucinations. Yes. Yep. And I mean, it's pretty misleading, but at the same time, uh, it's a creative way to move the story forward, you know, give a little bit more 
context or possibility into there being some like supernatural, you know, force at work here. But I, yeah. I still think they've done enough where it could go either way. I mean, of course, yeah. it does seem like very supernatural, but there's also explanations for most of the things that happen. So, yeah, I you know, um, Oh, and Vine said, I won't be surprised if next season Misty starts hallucinating Crystal as a ghost. Um, definitely could see that. I feel like it's similar to Jackie, you know, haunting Shauna. This is going to be sitting on Misty's conscience for a long time. And it's probably still sitting with her. And that guilt oh, yeah. has morphed into some of the behaviors that she has in the present day. So um, if she's capable of feeling guilt, like, then that's something that I think she obviously feels a lot of guilt about. I don't know if Misty's actually capable of feeling guilt, but if she is, then yes, I think that that's something that stuck with her for a very long time. Right. As Alex said, as long as that means Nuha gets a job, I'm down. And Vine, Nuha is amazing. She's so nice. She really is. We had so much fun interviewing her. And Vine, yeah. I'm so glad that you actually got to meet her as well. Um, and then Shelly is saying, I'm still on the pit girl is a Lottie hallucination train, which, you know what? I mean, that could definitely yeah. be. It's not out of the realm. The camera work with that was, you know, a little bit different looking than the stuff we see in reality. So I don't I don't think we can we can eliminate that as a theory. So, yeah. Yeah. I really considered that. But now that. We've seen so much, like, and so many hallucinations, like, then maybe that is true, which would throw me for a loop. Right. Um, you know, Vine also mentioned, I'm pretty sure she's capable of guilt because in her breakdown, she felt super guilty because someone mentioned she might have been guilty about the box. And you know what? She may have had some guilt about the box. I mean, she felt guilty enough to confess it to Crystal as a secret, although, of course, that yeah. was, like, a huge misstep. But, um, yeah. I don't so, think that she makes the mistake of ever telling anyone else about that again. She probably learned her lesson, yeah. I would imagine, because that did not play out well for MFQ or for Crystal, who kicked the bucket, of course. Uh, back to the cabin, Coach Ben shuts himself in the bedroom. He's totally freaked out. Sean is in labor. He covers his ears. He begins hallucinating Paul again. And it appears as if his reality is meshing with the imagination or fantasy at this point, because we kind of see this juxtaposition of like something happening in the cabin, but it's a different yep. cabin. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's playing with like both. There's like a brick wall, which I think in Paul's apartment, there's a brick wall. So like he was combining like all these different things and it like, I don't think that that's happened like with his hallucinations thus far, like where they like meshed with his reality. So I think that shows how they're like progressing and like taking over his thoughts because they're seeping into his reality. Oh, they 100% are. And he's having a hard time dealing with the things that are going on right now. So, of course, it's yeah. it's like a coping mechanism for him. I mean, he's been through a lot of trauma, too. As, as hard of a time as everybody gives Coach Ben. I mean, you know what? The guy's out there with a bunch of teenagers. He lost a leg. Yeah. Like, he's going through it. So, I mean, yeah. poor, poor Coach Ben. You know, yeah. I know he's not, like, the favorite person out there. But, you know, this is a very unique circumstance. So, 
I don't think any of us know how we would act until we are in the situation. Um, Meanwhile, Akilah kind of steps up. She's helping Shauna deliver the baby. Um, And in the meantime, she's kind of like petting her mouse in her pocket, which I'm like, you know, she's talking about keeping everything like sanitary, but at the same time, like touching a rodent. And I'm like, eek, 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 eek. Yeah. But uh, she notices, you know, the placenta is coming out first, which as we learned is a sign of placental abruption and tells Shauna, you know, things are just coming out a little backwards. Um, But we can kind of see by the look on her face, by that mask that comes out, you know, things are not looking good. Things are are definitely not looking good. Um, Misty's standing up in the kitchen and she's really beating herself up over not being able to help. And she asks herself, what is wrong with you? You always do this. And Lottie, of all people, comes over and tries to comfort Misty. Mm-hmm. And she says there may still be time to save our baby. And then yeah. Misty goes back to Shauna, tells her she's close to being on the other side and meeting the baby. But what did you think about Lottie refer to, referring to the baby as our baby? Like, did that strike you as, like, a little strange? Yeah. That's, like, slow your roll, girl. Like, our baby? Like, this is not your baby like I feel like Lottie views it that way because they're sharing everything like communally like in all aspects of life so like she sees the baby as like a joint effort among all of them I think like to help raise it to help keep it alive like and she clearly has some kind of like an attachment to it already like we see her touching Shauna's stomach, like talking to it, like that really, like, I was like, okay, if I were Shauna, like I would have probably like smacked her across the face for that. Right. And of course her predicting it was a boy in the first place and referencing him makes some of her followers buy in even more because they give her this credibility of, of having these visions of what's happening. So um, she's definitely been, you know, very on top of this baby the entire time. Shauna really wants nothing to do with it. And then calling it our baby here is just, you know, um, it's just a little odd. And, and, you know, this is when things start to get interesting. Uh, Shauna passes out while she's pushing. There's been a lot of blood loss. And then that's when we hear Jackie's voice saying her name as she comes to with everyone all gathered around her, Misty handing her the baby, telling her it's a boy. And this is the part of the episode where I think things got different for people, right? Like Mm -hmm. I heard Jackie's voice and in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, like this is going to be a death dream. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like watching it and it just felt so real. It Mm -hmm. felt like that struggle of a breastfeeding mom with a low supply, getting the baby to latch and her talking to it about, you know, who he's going to be someday. And as you said last night, maybe that's where the who key comes from in the episode title name. Um, But I mean, that whole thing, Nat coming in was a little bit odd. Her, of course, you know, hallucinating, um, all of the girls um, eating the baby. Um, It definitely, you know, it gets real. And we'd like to know in the comments, you know, drop a comment and see, did you realize that it was a hallucination or not? Um, We'd like like to know. Like you said, hearing Jackie's voice, like automatically made me think, okay, like this isn't real because she's hearing Jackie and that also made me think for a second, like maybe Sean, like maybe Sean is dying if she's hearing Jackie. 
Right. Just like Jackie's death dream. And, you know, someone pointed out too, um, you know, people eat when they're on the brink of death. Lottie goes to the mall yeah. food court. Um, you know, Jackie gets a hot cocoa. Shauna's baby is eating. So there's a component of like eating in all of these death dreams. Yeah. Um, Lisa totally thought it was a hallucination. Um, Drew said the way Ty stalked in and, and slammed the crib down seems like the other one. And Lisa mm. said, too, I don't think Van had the scars on her face. That's interesting because we know in Lottie's hallucination in the food court, she did not have the scars. I did not notice if she had them in Shauna's hallucination. Yeah, I didn't um, either. Did not notice that. But, um, you know, this whole thing is Shauna attempted to console the baby. Um, Natalie says, you've been starving. Maybe you just can't. You know, Shauna just keeps going with the trying to to feed him and the poor baby is crying. It is just like yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and then Shauna is shown waking up to Lottie rocking the baby and mm -hmm. what seemed like attempting to breastfeed him. Like, yeah, which I mean, like too much, too much. Have you ever seen the movie The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? Yes, with Rebecca De Mornay, I think. Yes. It kind of made me think of that movie for a minute because, like, she does that in the movie with the family baby. So it, like, crossed my mind because, like, I remember, I remember watching that and I was so creeped out by that. <laughs> Right. And I, I mean, Lottie's saying we need to feed. But when Shauna asks her, she changes it to he needs to feed. So yeah. there's again this like play on what's to come in this hallucination. Shauna's seen taking the baby. She's saying at first she didn't want him and that makes her feel bad. And then she tells the baby survival is dependent on the baby eating. And then the baby begins to latch and eat, which is like such a tear jerking moment you know yeah. thinking like okay they finally turned a corner like this is amazing shauna's milk finally came in like this is great news this big first of all big healthy baby some people yeah. commented in the comments like you know what i figured it wasn't real when the baby was so big and healthy because really like the odds yeah. of her delivering a full-term baby of that size um without the nutrition yeah. i think you know would have been um not likely that was a big baby Yes. Um, a Nat comes in, brings Shauna the tea, tells her, um, you know, uh, to tells her that the baby's eating. Shauna asks her not to tell the others that the baby is eating. She just kind of wants that moment for herself. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden we see Shauna waking up and she sees the group actually eating the baby, which yeah. is a hallucination. But um, we start to kind of realize, like, you know, she dreamt everything that happened um, Shauna wakes up and, you know, the girls have to reveal that the baby didn't make it. They hand her the piece of fur with, you know, with the deceased baby in it. And the end of this was just heartbreaking for me hearing yeah. her, you know, continually saying, um, why can't you hear him crying? Why can't you hear him crying? She stares right at the camera and kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit there at the mm -hmm. end, which, you know, it then fades to black and, just wow. I mean, for anyone that thought that the baby survived and then to see her wake up like that and, you know, holding this, this poor, you know, dead baby, just, yeah, it, it was gutting. I mean, it was gutting. Yeah. You know, Phoenix is asking, do we think she will name him next week? Um, I don't know. 
I don't know either. I mean, I would hope they give him a name because I think that's, you know. I mean, Shauna didn't seem happy about this pregnancy. Like, I mean, granted, like the circumstances that they were in, but like she didn't seem like she bonded with the baby like while she was pregnant or like that she was looking forward to the baby's arrival. Like the rest of the group was more excited about it than she was. So... Right. I know. But I, in a way, I feel like that hallucination or dream she had, you know, when Jackie whispered to her, like, I felt like that was kind of like a gift from Jackie. So Shauna could have, even if it was just a dream, like something that felt palpable and felt like she got to have some closure with the baby. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know how great of a gift it is because of course, then she wakes up and the, the baby's dead. But I think having that in her mind of, having some kind of positive interaction, even if it wasn't real, was, yeah. you know, maybe bestowed on her by Jackie. I I don't know. It just, it was so sad. And of course we know, you know, Shauna is going to accuse Misty of killing yeah. the baby and hits her in the next episode. Um, I think things are really going to go downhill for Shauna. I mean, oh gosh, I'm like, <sighs> I'm so anxious for her because like, she's already been through so much and like she's already been struggling so much that this like this is going to break her like and things are going to get really really dark for her and I'm 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 a little scared for her absolutely and it really just shines a light more on the trauma that she's been through more than anybody out there and why she has turned into the adult she has and just all together props to Sophie Nelise, who deserves yeah. an Emmy for this, and for Melanie Linsky. They both just capture Shauna's essence in a way that is so profoundly perfect. Of course, if it wasn't for the writers of the show for writing such an exceptional show, you mm-hmm. know, um, they wouldn't even have the opportunity to do it. Shout out to the writers, the WGA strike. We are very supportive of that. Um, but yeah, poor Shauna. I mean, and then of course, you know, we're seeing her in the adult timeline getting questioned by the police for, for stabbing Adam, um, which is something that she did in the heat of the moment. And, you know, as a result of her trauma. So yeah, boy, that teen timeline though, you know, as everybody's saying, Sophie Nelise Emmy season, give her all the Emmys for this episode. Lisa, love the writers. Um, and Vine, I'm genuinely worried for Shauna the rest of the season. I feel yeah. like we all are. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Especially because, like, none of them know how to be there for her. Like, in the way that she's going to need somebody to be there for her. Like, emotionally after this. Like, because that's a really that's a really traumatic thing to go through. Even if you're not stranded in the middle of the wilderness. Like. Oh, yeah. So add that on top of it. Like, she needs support. And I feel like the other girls are, like, a little scared so because they don't know how to approach the situation. Right. And, you know, postpartum depression is definitely going to come into play here. And, you know, it's an opportunity for the show to handle a tough topic and something that many women deal with. So um, while it is very sad and whatnot, I think as they've handled other important topical things such as abortion Mm -hmm. i think that they're you know this is an opportunity to shine a light on this um yeah absolutely so 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, regular exclusive movies and TV is asking, could we see two people compete for an Emmy playing the same character? That is interesting. I that would be interesting them going against each other. Um, but I mean, I can see Melanie and Sophie both both being put up for it. So mm-hmm. it'll be yeah. interesting to see how the whole Emmy thing works out. But either way, we just hope our Yellow Jackets get something. We were of course robbed. We were nominated for seven. I say we like we're part of the show. Um, <laughs> you know, the show was nominated for uh, seven Emmys. Of course, last season did not get any. Totally robbed, especially in the casting area. If I could just comment on that but i read in um a prediction that variety gave that um the director for episode six is um being predicted to be nominated for best directing for an episode for of the show so that would be really fitting if she got nominated because that episode was i mean she did such an impeccable job Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, before we get into the adult timeline, I'm just going to take a very quick pause here uh, for five seconds. We are going to insert an ad here on our audio version. So quick pause. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate that. We just saw our friend Phoenix pop backstage as well. Um, Did you know if you join our Patreon that you have the opportunity to sit backstage, join some of our episodes along with some other perks. So check that out at patreon.com slash podcast. Um, we've got one $6 tier. Oh, and we've got uh, Phoenix there wearing her co-ed naked soccer shirt. Phoenix, you want to come on for a quick second? Cool. Yeah. Okay. Here, let's add you. Hi. How are you? Thank you. Yes. Oh, we love your coed naked soccer shirt. Very nice. This way. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm backwards. Yep. Love that. Awesome. Hey, thank you for supporting us. We appreciate of course. it. Yay. Well, hey, we just wanted to say hi. Um, this episode, was it a tough one for you to watch? Yes. 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 I cried, like, even just, like, just thinking about it, I was crying because I knew that baby wasn't going to survive. Just yeah. being a mom. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. It was a tough one. Childbirth is scary with modern medicine. I cannot imagine yeah. out in the woods. I mean, it's like home birth times like 10,000 out right. in a wilderness cabin. So, right. yeah. yeah, that was a Absolutely. tough one. Um, all right. Well, hey, we just wanted to say hello. Thank yeah. you for being in our Patreon and for your support. And I love your shirt. So thank you. Yeah. For that too. All thank right. you. We'll uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, we love Phoenix and we love all of our supporters. So thank you. And of course, she was wearing our Coed Naked collab shirt. If you visit coednaked.com and use promo code HIVE20, you'll save 20% on any Coed Naked gear, which includes our Coed Naked podcasting shirt with the Hive After Dark on the back of it. So mm-hmm. um, check they're that so out. They're so cute. Yes, they're absolutely cute. Um and yes, uh, Alex said it's your birthday. Happy birthday. It was her birthday yesterday, her birthday weekend. So yes, very exciting. Is it today that's her actual birthday? I or think was it yesterday. Today. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Happy birthday, Phoenix. We love you. Okay, on to the adult timeline. We open and we see Misty at Lottie's compound. She's emptying her pockets and handing over her personal <laughs> belongings. And Emily, what are some of the things that she empties out of her pockets? She has a pair of binoculars um brass knuckles iv medication and a needle um and she has to like hand over her cell phone too but the iv medication like i could see what it was and i'm pretty sure it said morphine so she's carrying around morphine and a needle in her purse like who does that (laughs) 
I mean, oh my God. Like, yeah. What a random, random um, array of items there. MFQ is just always, always on something there, onto something with her interesting turn-ons, interesting pocket contents, all of that stuff. And then Misty has a conversation with Lottie and tells her that she's simply there to retrieve Natalie. Emily, would you like to read the quote? Yes. Hold on one second. So she says, Misty says, I thought you'd be more excited to see me. And Lottie says, what are you doing here? Uh, Misty says, I'm here to retrieve my friend Natalie from a kidnapping that's looking more and more like a good old fashioned brainwashing. So I think the more salient question is, what are you doing here? What is all of this? And Lottie says, we are a community of love and spiritual growth. And I help people heal from past trauma. So they'll stop running from themselves. And I think like when she said that, she like, was saying that with Misty in mind, like running from themselves. Right. Right. I mean, seeing all of the adults together in this, um, episode, uh, you know, the, the Avengers meets yellow jacket (laughs) shot, like everybody's talking about is, um, something that I think we've all been waiting for. And, you know, when we see the preview for next week, when it starts to snow and they all get so excited and dancing around, it's like they're brought back to their, their teen selves. So it's going to be interesting to see how this reunion goes. Um, of course, you know, this happens at the end of the episode, but we see the aerial shot of Lottie's compound and it's arranged in the shape of the symbol, Emily. Mm -hmm. Um, coincidence? I think not. It looks like it was like burned into the grass or something. Almost. It does. It sure does. And like, wow, I I just wasn't expecting that. The placement of everything that you see in this picture had to be intentional. Like the way that it was arranged, like the arms, those uh, planters look like arms. Like they look like two of the arms of the symbol. So I think that was all strategic. Yes. I I really can't get over the fact that it's incorporated in such a big way at the compound. I mean, such yeah. a big way, too. It's not just like, you know, the necklaces that they wear. This is like their entire existence here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, off of the compound grounds, uh, we see Shauna getting a phone call from Kevin Tan asking her and Callie to come down to the station to answer questions and jeff doesn't love that this is all happening no he's really upset yes he is um and you know he's being supportive as ever though um and you know we got some we pulled some behind the scene photos we've got one of um kevin and callie here um let's see what else do we have we've got callie at the police station we've got the sadeki family together um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot with this whole police, um, storyline that's I going on. Freaking loved his song choice so much when he was sitting in the car waiting for Shauna and Callie. Oh, the fuck the police. Oh my God. I love NWA. They're like one of my favorites. Jeff and his music is amazing. Like the Papa Roach, you know, was, was one thing and, and yes. now the fuck the police. That's Jeff just, uh, is 
comic relief. I I love his character. He's just grown on me so much from the beginning. Um, Shauna says she thinks it would have been better if Kelly had slept with Sarah Kusa, saying if she had, um, if she had everything else, um, you know, would not be admissible. So um, I couldn't believe she said that. I mean, right? Like you would assume you wouldn't want your daughter to sleep with the 30 something, you yeah. know, you know, police officer. Um awkward. But yeah, so back to the compound. Um, Nat is attempting to shoot at jars of honey, but she seems to miss every time, which is very odd because, you know, we see her as such yeah. a skilled marksman in the teen timeline. So what's yeah. up with that? Is she just like that's so weird. Like because when we see her shoot those cans, when they're all learning how to shoot the gun, she hits every single can and doesn't miss anything. And she was missing these jars of honey by, like, a lot. Like, it wasn't like she was a, a centimeter off. Like, she was, like, it looked like she was shooting at a completely different area than she was. Yeah. Which was just she's, weird. She's off her game. Definitely off her yeah. game. Um. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with Nat there. But uh, she then has a conversation with Lisa about not being a good person. And what is that quote, Emily, if you'd like to share it? She says, you should get the hell away from me. I'm poisoned. I ruined people. I killed my best friend. The only person I loved. The only person who knew me. And Lisa says, was that Travis? And Natalie says, the whole time I was saying it was Lottie and it was my fault because I made him believe. I told him. And Lisa says, no, no, no. It's never anyone's fault, Natalie. You know that. There was nothing you could have said to Travis. It was already in him. And she, and then Natalie says, well, that's something that was in him is in me. We saw so much. We did so much fucked up shit out there. And yeah, maybe it was to survive. Maybe. But I don't think we deserve to. So she clearly like puts a lot of blame on herself for what happened to Travis, even though it wasn't her fault. Right. I mean, it was not her fault, but let's face it. She made some missteps in the teen timeline too. And while we know that they did have interactions with each other post rescue, I would imagine things were not really ever the same with them from a trust standpoint after Nat had lied about Javi. Um, And of course that's when Travis starts buying in more with Lottie versus Nat. So Um, But, you know, it is a shame that Nat blames herself. I mean, you know, and and now she's here and she's struggling as an adult as well. And she's kind of buying into Lottie's cult a little or she's there to uncover something and get them in trouble. Like, I'm still not exactly sure what her motives are for being there. I don't either, because like in the first season, like Taisa says to Shauna, like, who does Natalie have? Like, she has no one. Like, she had Travis. And now she has less. So I feel like she's searching for somewhere or someone like where she belongs and feels like security and comfort. And like she has someone in her life because she doesn't have anybody. So I feel like she might be staying like because she doesn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, Poor Nat. I mean, and she's wearing purple at this point. Let's not miss. Um, So There's a little bit of buy-in going on there. And uh, before all of the adults reunite, we see Van and Ty in Van's shop. Um, Van's telling Thaisa that she talked to her alter. And 
she said, you know, you said this isn't where we're supposed to be. Uh, Van tells Ty that and Ty also tried to kiss her in the altered state. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's interesting that we're seeing the other Ty coming out again around Van, who, of course, we know she was very comfortable with um, yeah. in the teen timeline. So their connection is back. You know, if if Ty... Not that she feels comfortable enough to be her other self because I don't think she has any control over it. But like, it's yeah. almost like Van is like bringing it out in her even more um, yeah, now that now that they're there. Um, so Ty apologizes and asks Van who we is. Um, Van reminds Ty that she's now married, so there's no we in regards to Van and Ty anymore. And mm-hmm. then Ty also sees Van's past due bills in the trash can. So yeah. <sighs> yeah the Ty Van situation. I just, you know, I, we heard in an interview, we're going to lose one of the adult yellow jackets this season. And I've just got the sneaking suspicion. It's got to be Van. We've talked about this. She's putting all the past due bills in the trash. She's got the pain medication. Could she be terminally ill? And she's kind of like given up, you know, maybe we're losing her. I don't know, but. It's so um, hard to say, but like, I could see that being a road that they take it down. Right. Possibly. It could be. It could be. So this is part is interesting. We see Lottie back at her psychiatrist telling her that the visions are still happening. I'm not worried that I'm ill. I'm worried that I've never been ill. And that's why all this is happening. Travis coming, Natalie, and now Misty's here too. It's me. It's like it sent them here to show me. Um Interestingly enough, we don't see the actual therapist's face in this episode. No. Um, Also interesting is the fact that the therapist has said some questionable things that I don't think typical therapists say. And there's a lot of theories floating around out there that the therapist is not actually real. It's a figment of Lottie's imagination. Alex said, found it weird. We didn't see the shrink once this time. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrist and Lottie are wearing the same colors in both scenes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. I mean, I just feel like something is off here. Um, you know, there there were some like honeycombed. Oh, see, it's Kim. It's weird. The therapist called her Lottie and not Charlotte. Yeah. That is weird because everybody calls her Charlotte. The only people we've seen call her Lottie are the other yellow jackets. So yeah. I mean, just saying, I don't know that that psychiatrist is real. Uh, She tells the therapist she wasn't the only one who felt the darkness out in the wilderness. It was in them and a part of all of them, which could feed into this whole, you know, community antler queen theme. Perhaps Mm -hmm. the antler queen is selected by one of the cards each time. The darkness isn't all of them. It's not like one antler queen in charge. Um, but it does seem like the darkness isn't all of them. They are all suffering and it's all coming to this big head right now, um, you know, where they're finally going to be actually reunited. Um, we see do Misty. You, oh, sorry. Go. Do you think that Lottie was the one that sent those postcards? I mean, it's definitely possible. Like the wish you were here with a yeah. mountain scene with the symbol on it. Um, I I just keep thinking about them and like I'm hoping that like that will be explained like at some point because like 
they were like heavily featured in the first season. Like they were asking who sent the postcards, who sent the postcards. Like they all got one except for Shauna. Like, so, and we know that it wasn't Jeff. So like, are they ever going to tell us who it was? Because I want to (laughs) know. I would also like to know that. Um, And, you know, we've got some comments in here. Nikisha, I think we might lose adult Natalie. That scene with her running through Lottie's compound felt like foreshadowing and a callback to pit girl running. That is interesting. And Alex is also saying, I'm thinking if we lose an adult yellow jacket, it will be Natalie. I wouldn't be surprised if Juliette Lewis didn't sign on for five seasons. That is very fascinating. And also, if only they realized that darkness isn't all of us, like that wolf quote. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Um, what if Dark Ty sent the postcards? That's that's something that I've seen speculated. And I could see it, I could see it happening. Right. And, you know, Alex said, yeah, I thought that fell under the blackmail, the postcards. But uh, no, Jeff did not send the postcards. He did send the text messages. But um, as far as we know, he did not send the um, the postcards. So that's yeah. interesting. I think he would have like he that he fessed up to the blackmail. So <laughs> <laughs> Wilderness Baby did not send the postcards, but we like what you did there, Alex. <laughs> You know what? Thankfully, these wilderness baby theories are going to be put to rest. That is like one good thing, like one thing we can actually cross off the list. Um, Yeah. So we see again in the adult timeline, Misty is participating in a drum circle. Um, The group seems very interested to know that Misty knows both Lottie and Natalie. And she says, yeah, sure. I um, I mean, if you're done crying, I can tell you some stories like, you know, Misty, again, is seeking validation from a group. She's never really fit in. So for her, this is an opportunity to kind of find somewhere where she belongs. I don't know if Lottie's group like knows about what happened to them. Like, do you think they know like the cult like that they were like her backstory, her history as to like what happened to them. I feel like it would be hard not knowing, right? Because they were so famous. They were in the news. And even though it was like 25 years ago, you know, she has to have some kind of credibility to even establish a cult and get people to buy in. So, you know, maybe it's just the money from her family or whatever that, you know, leads people to her. But I think that they know, like, I mean, that's just... I would assume so. And so maybe they're like fascinated, but then again, like they're fascinated. Misty and Nat know each other and know Lottie, but like, maybe they don't know why. So yeah, hmm, I, I am not sure. But one thing I do know is what a great cast. I just, I mean, it's so nice seeing all of the adults, you know, back together again. Um, Shauna, of course, you know, showed up with a handgun as someone mentioned in the comments. So, <laughs> you know, that could be a little bit sus. We'll see what, comes from that but um let's see next we see shauna and callie arriving at the police station and callie is uh taken to be questioned by kevin tan and shauna by um saracusa so things are about to uh go down in the police station and then back at the compound again or actually back at vans ty confronts van about her financial situation and says there's no way that her shop can be paying the bills And Van tells Ty, it's none of your business. No, Ty, uh, you came here for help with your life. If I need help, I'll let you know. So um, Van is just like not not buying into, you know, 
Yeah. I even says like, I'm, I used to be a real estate lawyer. Like I could help you if you want, like offering her help. But Van seems like the kind of person that like doesn't ask for help from other people. Right. Oh, she definitely does not. Yeah. 100%. Um, so then we see Misty calling Ty from the compound, filling her in on what's been going on and reveals that everyone is gathered together at Lottie's compound, which, you know, the timing is interesting because, of course, we saw Dark Ty saying this is not where they're supposed to be. So now we can conclude, OK, they are supposed to be at Lottie's compound with the rest of the adult yellow jackets. And yeah. Ty seemed like very surprised that Lottie was around. So. I'm under the assumption that, like, they all thought that she was still in this mental institution in Switzerland because when Jeff tells Shauna that Ty called her, um, Shauna says to Jeff, like, uh, Lottie's incoherent. Like, so they were all under this impression that, like, she was not well, like, locked up, like, and away from society. So they had no reason to think. And Misty, like, in her citizen detective work, like, didn't uncover anything about Lottie. Like, she had information on everybody, but she had nothing on Lottie. No, it's very fascinating, the whole (laughs) Lottie situation. And uh, Ty and Van then actually start heading to Lottie's. And Van states she will not be joining Ty at the compound once they get there, stating that Lottie is a diagnosed schizophrenic and she prefers to keep the past in the past. Yeah. And Um, and that's a big change from, like, her believing that Lottie had all these abilities in the teen timeline. Like, she goes from that to calling her a schizophrenic, like – saying she's not well, like she's mentally ill, like when she thought the opposite when they were teenagers. Dying to know what happened to have that shift from Van to being one of Lottie's top followers in the wilderness to not even wanting to stay at the compound with everybody else when they're there. I think that's highly sus. So something definitely Mm -hmm. went down. Um, You know, they really changed Van's perspective on Lottie. So it's going to be interesting to uncover exactly what that is. Um, We are back with Jeff. He's waiting outside the police station. We talked about this, listening to Fuck the Police by NWA. And um, Jeff answers Shauna's phone when Ty calls. And Ty actually fills Jeff in on what's going on and asked him to let Shauna know um, to head to the compound, which I'm sure Jeff is kind of like, what's going on here? Like, you know, I mean. It was so funny when when he was on the phone with them, like, and Thaisa said, like, I'm with Van. And at the very end, like, He's like, hi, man. And they just hang up on him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and like poor Jeff, like he's trying to be so supportive and just like wants to know what's going on. And of course, he supports Shauna in her decision to go there. So again, like Jeff being the supportive husband, once again. um, He calls her to go. Like, yeah, he says, like, you're not doing this investigation any good. Clearly, because when she comes out of the police station and tells him that she told them about the affair, he spits out his drink and he's like, why would you do that? Like, you're out of control. And Shauna's like, you think? (laughs) So he like, I mean, it was really, really dumb of Shauna to admit to that affair. So, 
but it's also like not a good idea to leave the state when you're a suspect in someone's murder. Like that kind of makes you look suspicious, even though they don't know that Adam's been murdered yet, but they right. will. Leaving town. Yeah, definitely not um, the thing you do when there is a definite spotlight on you for potentially murdering or being involved with someone going missing. So 100 percent. You got to listen to the cookie. You know what, Vine? 100 percent. She did not listen to the cookie. And MFQ tried her very best to give Shauna the tools she needed for when she got questioned. And Shauna just did not did not follow through with that. So um, Callie, on the other hand, has now told Kevin Tan she was a virgin before she met Saracusa, implying something happened between the two of them, thinking that that could get him in trouble. Things will not be admissible. And Kevin tells Callie making false statements to the police is a chargeable offense. Um, but, you know, Ca- me. yeah, <laughs> Callie goes a step further, you know, and she's like, yeah, you know, brings up his weird balls, like, you know, some kind <laughs> of like proof. And I would like to know what's so weird about his balls. I think people are talking about that on Twitter. Um, good call for Callie. Like, that's a good detail. Like, Callie seems yeah. to know what she's doing, even if her mom does not. Um, Shauna exits the police station and tells Jeff she told the cops about the affair. Jeff is shocked, of course, rightfully so. And um, he tells Shauna about the phone call from Ty and, of course, um, supports her going there and says it might not be a bad idea for her to get out of town for a couple days. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to think that, like, Jeff is going to take the fall for Adam and, like, he might be the one that gets charged with a crime, which would make me so sad. <laughs> I know. And, you know, they almost are setting it up to be that way, of course. Um, it is definitely not out of the realm. And I feel like Shauna and Callie would both, like, kind of be okay with, like, letting um, letting that happen, which is yeah. kind of sad, too. Poor Jeff. Uh, back at the compound, Lisa actually gave Natalie her fish. And what is the fish's name, Emily? The 14th Gilly. The 14th Gilly. Um, for some reason, Natalie almost kills the goldfish and then changes her mind at the last second and puts it back in and feeds it. And it's almost like an analogy for when like Travis was trying to go unconscious and have whatever, you know – um spirit like when he died or whatever um mm-hmm. you know trying to like get that that back whatever it was and same thing like when Nat OD'd right like she had this vision of Travis so it's almost like a play on this like near death experience trying to experience whatever this you know darknesses or whatever you see in these near death experiences so yeah um so that was kind of interesting she did not kill the fish of course um i mean she went through all that trouble to rescue it in her mouth so <laughs> Glad that she decided not to. Uh, Why did she want to kill it in the first place? Like, I don't know. Um, you know, it's maybe just playing with this whole death thing. I mean, you know, we saw her try to kill herself. Like, maybe, I mean, she could still be suicidal, and maybe it's just some kind of like play on that. Um, yeah. Yes. So, I don't know, but. Uh, Van and Ty make it to Lottie's compound. Van says they should go to IHOP instead and says, keep your eyes peeled for the black and white Nikes, which is a Heaven's Gate reference. And she also had made a Kool-Aid reference earlier in the episode. So um, So two cult references, two cult references. Um, And then the adults all reunite. Natalie and Shauna hug, Ty and Misty hug. 
Van comes face to face with Lottie in what we are assuming has been now 25 years. And the look on her face, like she is just so surprised. Lottie turns around in this like striking blue dress and we're just kind of left with this what happened between Van and Lottie to make this reunion so interesting. I love the music that they were playing too. Like, because I don't think we've really heard that music since season one. And it's just so creepy and it adds so much to it. Like, it it was a nice touch. Yeah, that, that final scene was really really amazing and again like we had kind of touched upon earlier you know the symbol being overhead being the last shot that we see um which solidifies you know lottie did bring the darkness back with her whatever was in the wilderness is in the forefront here in her intentional community and um like what's going to happen now? I mean, in the preview for next week, like we talked about, it starts like snowing out and they get so excited. And that's when they start like dancing around. And it's almost like they're like reliving a positive memory, you know, from the cabin. Um, I would think the snow would be somewhat triggering just because, you know, the snow is what killed Jackie that first night, but you know, maybe they've come around and I don't know. Um, yeah, and they all seem like pretty chummy with each other in the footage that they showed of the next episode, like the footage that was mixed in with Shauna, like beating up Lottie and Misty. Um, they like they see they all seem very happy to be there, which is a far cry from what it looks like when they arrive in this episode that we just saw. Yes. You know, I like this comment by Kim. I think the scene with Gilly represents Nat giving herself a new shot at life. You know, I like that. I do think it could definitely be very representative of that. Um, So Dustin said, I think snow represents bad things to come. Oh, and Vine is saying, I'm very worried for Coach. As we see yeah. in the, the next preview, Coach is at Shit Cliff, um, <laughs> probably with Misty. Is he going to jump off of Shit Cliff? We do not know. Is he putting the pieces together that Misty had something to do with Crystal's death? How did he That's even get all the way over to Shit Cliff is like really a question. Um, yeah. And uh, again, it's the last episode, I think, where we're going to see um, Paul. So... Could that be Coach's demise? Like, I just had this feeling, like, I thought Coach was going to be the next one to go, but I just, in the back of my mind now, I feel like he's making it out of the wilderness. I really do. Um, Oh, Vine thinks he's going to jump. Oh, my God. That thought crossed my mind, too, like, because, like, when he approaches the cliff, Misty's standing there, and she says Coach Ben or something like that, like, and he's walking up to it. So, yeah, that thought definitely crossed my mind. But I don't think so. I don't see him dying yet. I feel like it's too early in the story. Yeah. I mean, I my money is on Hobby being the next one to go, like we talked about on the Hive After Dark yeah. and I think an episode before. The Converse he posted and Luciano posted in one of the behind-the-scenes photos matched the bottom of the Converse from the body they're carrying on the stick. So I think there's going to be something. You said maybe Javi steals the baby, the baby's body, and they that's who they're all charging after with the axes and whatnot. 
Um, and now I'm starting to think, is that scene with them all charging something? Could that be a hallucination? I mean, it's totally possible. Cinematographically, uh, I don't know that that's the right word. Um, <laughs> it it looks realistic. Like there's yeah. not like any kind of like strange lighting or weird camera angles. It looks like a pretty straightforward shot. So yeah. it seems like it would be in reality. We had thought before maybe they were charging the moose, but now we know what happened with the moose. So it's not that. Um so, yeah, I um, I don't know. Oh, and Vine wants to see if Misty's glasses broke. Um, From when Shauna punches her. Yes, that is another thing we saw in the preview with Shauna, like, punching Misty. Like, Shauna, you know, is going to be unraveling quite a bit, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vine said because anything past seven, her flip face is blurred or just not shown. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that is really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Gosh, I love these live chats. Um, hey, let's uh ooh, I think Ben has to be unalive for them to get to the dark place. Ooh, you know what, Shelly? That's a good point. Yeah. Because he he's the only one, maybe aside from Javi, that is not participating in these things that they're doing out there. So that could be like once he's gone, it really allows them to slide into this um yeah more ceremonial, hard cannibalism. We, of course, had spoken with um, Ro Rusak of uh, Nerdist, and she had coined the term soft cannibalism when they ate Jackie because, of course, they didn't, like, murder her to eat her. She died, and they ate her as a result of her death. So it's been very soft cannibalism up until now. Of course, maybe Coach dying is what will trigger them into the hard cannibalism. Um, The music from this episode, uh, there was a lot of it, a lot of good songs as always. Uh, Sorted for Ease and Whiz by Pulp, Cinematic Drone, Alan Phillip, Pitsula, Elliot Smith. I love Elliot Smith. Um, Rescue Me, Madonna. Like it was only a matter of time until Madonna came into play, I feel like. Um, Earth Canticle, Wendy Smith Howard, Deep Forest Chant, Gene Katsuro. Song 2 by Blur, which was placed in an interesting part of the episode, I thought. Um, Your Woman, White Town. And of course, Fuck the Police by NWA. Another Jeff music gem in there. Um, and looking ahead to episode seven, Emily, why don't you read the description for the next episode? Sometimes the best therapy is cranking the hits to 11. So today we're exploring the hardcore kid care revival movement, 11 o'clock theatrical bird chord numbers, some late hits of the renovation wear era. Call, call us about a spinoff HGTV, flower duets, and a classic live record. Out in the wilderness, Coach Scott does a Great Carl Havoc impression for an unimpressed Misty. New episodes streaming every Friday on Paramount Plus with Showtime. I looked up what Carl Havoc was. Same here. I was just about to say that. I had no idea. It's like a character on some like skit, like comedy show or something. So I'm still not like a thousand percent on the reference, but it's something like he's not supposed to be there or doesn't want to be there or something. So, But um, it kind of confused me because that skit like – takes place like after the timeline of the teen yellow dockets like it happens like now so like how would he be impersonating something that happened now back in 96 right I, it is kind of an odd um reference to be referencing the wilderness timeline and to highlight some of these comments delcenia in the scene they show of ben teaching pe they offer a skeleton right next to him could that be foreshadowing it could be um dustin i have a theory that ben wants misty to kill him he wants misty to perform an assisted suicide um i mean it could definitely be uh 
vine human caligula human caligula human caligula i believe is it the next episode we see misty in the sensory deprivation tank um if not the next one it's the one after that i think it's it's episode seven though um and human caligula how will that come into play i we've been dying about human caligula ever since we saw the actor who plays them post kind of a spoiler photo before the season started which has since gone so um yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I think that's coming. Whew. Yes. And you know, Vine says there's the bit where he says, I don't want to be alive anymore. I mean, that could definitely be. Um, yeah. And yes, uh, the theatrical bird comment. Yes. The human Caligula. Uh, yes. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Drew has an announcement. Remember <laughs> to get your tickets for the opening of the new punk band Poison Pets and their <laughs> Sung to Death tour. Caligula, vocals and bass. Steve, guitar. Nugget, drums. Oh my God, Drew, you are hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. But like, seriously, where is Steve and who is feeding Caligula? Like, yeah, two very important questions. Like, yeah. Are these and animals? what's going on with Simone? What is going on with Simone? Where is Sammy? I mean, there's like some things, you know. Oh my goodness, Delcenia said, "Let me find out that Caligula is the man with no eyes." Oh my <laughs> god! Like, I mean, <sighs> wow. So. Looking ahead to episode seven, you know, we see Shauna burying the baby maybe under some rocks. You know, it's called Mm -hmm. burial. So we had speculated maybe it also had something to do with Adam's torso being uncovered. Of course, we see um, Shauna punching Lottie and Misty in the face, the adults dancing around the fire at the compound and drinking, the deprivation chamber, and Coach Ben clean-shaven approaching approaching Misty at the cliff. So, um, you know, episode seven is going to be – another gem i imagine luckily there's no yeah. week off so we get it and um ooh, vine said also apparently misty hallucinates walter with caligula and her from the comment on the instagram post that the actor had made oh interesting gosh i can't wait to see that and alex said and the mouse is their talent agent oh my god the mouse and at what point are they going to find the mouse and kill it yeah, and eat it? like I there's not a lot of meat, meat on it but I have a really bad feeling about that mouse. Like I, it would make no sense for them to kill it because like that mouse isn't even going to feed one person, like let alone all those people. But I have a feeling that something bad's going to happen to it and it's really going to upset her a lot. Right. Oh my goodness. Um, Well, uh, we will be back next week. And of course, we will be doing our Hive After Dark After Show for our immediate reactions to Episode 7. That will happen on Sunday night at 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock, as per usual. And then we'll do our um, weekly recap episode as well. Uh, In a couple of weeks, we have Jenna Burgess and Maya Lowe on together on the Hive After Dark. So that's going to be really fun having a couple of cast members joining us. Um, You know, again, we work really hard to book all of our own interviews and hustle to bring you guys content. So we could not be more excited when cast members join us. Um, We will also be doing an episode with Kelly McClure of Salon Magazine, which is going to be great. She's a friend of ours. And it's been so much fun connecting with her over Yellow Jacket. So that will be a fun episode. And, um, you know, we've only got a few left. Oh my God. Her articles are so good. She's so funny. Like I'm not a funny person. I always appreciate other people who are, and you know, she just infuses this natural humor into her work. So I think we can all appreciate that about her and it will be wonderful to get her insights, um, on one of our, um, 
one of our recap episodes. And Drew, and we love our Hive Queens for all this work. You know what, Drew? We love all of you guys. We cannot thank you enough for joining us. Having everybody here live in the comments interacting is like literally our favorite thing to do. Um, We love that this is a very fan-centric show and we work hard to incorporate everybody in here. We've got lots of fun stuff up our sleeves too, even after the season ends. So... Um, yeah, so don't go anywhere. Yes, do not go anywhere. So thank you for all of the kind words in the comments. Oh, my God, you guys are seriously the sweetest. Yes, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Thank you for being here. Yes, so until we spill again. <laughs>